0: Listener supported WNYC Studios. So many white guys. So many. So many white guys.
1: So many white guys. (laughs) I think I just lost all of my listeners. But if you're still there, welcome to So Many White Guys from WNYC Studios. I'm your host, Phoebe Lynn Robinson, and it's season three. I can't believe it. I'm stunned we have made it this far because, you know, I'm ignorant as hell. And also, my co-host, my sidekick, my true boo from the Midwest, Joni Mitch, she a little ignorant, too. How you doing, honey?
2: Oh, my gosh. What an introduction, Phoebe.
1: Well, you know what? This is season three. I can't believe it. Can you?
2: I know. And it's been a while. It's nice to be back in the booth.
1: I know. I feel like the cunch, a.k.a. country, is crazy. We're trying to make sense of it. You know, there's, like, all these movements that are happening. That's amazing. I'm not talking about bow movements. hey Honestly.
2: <laughs> Super political. <laughs> Hard-hitting.
1: Honestly, you guys. Okay. And the time that we've been away, some major changes have happened in both my life and also in Joni Mitch's. And the- are you
2: shitting me
1: right now? We are both getting that dick on the regular. It's pink. It's pink. <laughs> and in my case, I don't know about you, it's uncut. hey am Mamma mia. He's a, he's a British lad, so he's got a little plus one on his wiener. <laughs> <laughs> no words. <laughs> Just like old times. Truly
2: speechless.
1: <laughs> but Joni, how's your relationship going? You having fun? It
2: is fun. We've been together for over a year, and we moved in together.
1: <gasps> bam, 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 bam. Those are supposed to be like your sanity <laughs> Sam I thought they
2: were fireworks.
1: Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> For all the listeners at home, I've met this guy. We're not going to say his name because he wants to have his privacy. He's not a celebrity like Joni is, so we have a code name for him is hashtag British Bake Off because he's Brett. He's OG White. He's got like teeth like Hugh Grant, and he's making it work. I'm really excited. So far,
2: all you're describing is like an uncircumcised man with fucked up teeth. He has the personality of a sex offender, but not. But you guys are having a rendezvous in the most unexpected place ever.
1: You know what, I will say this, Joanna is the most non-judgmental person and when I told her this, she basically read me to filth with her eyes. So let me tell you guys what's going on and you let me know if Joanna Salatarov was justified in hating on me. Okay. So as you guys all know, I'm a lifelong U2 fan, and their latest album, Songs of Experience, tour starts in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm going to be the only black person there, and we're going to see U2 opening night in May.
2: You're like the worst sugar daddy. You're like, baby, let me take you on a trip. You and your fucked up teeth and your uncircumcised dick are going to middle America pack your suitcase and bring a neck pillow for this two and a half hour flight
1: (laughs) okay sure it's not Barbados it's not Cabo it's not Aspen it's not Australia it's not Bjork's backyard but you know what you too is gonna be there and guess what Bono was going to be my friend one day. So <laughs> just got to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys tweet at me, Dub Queen Phoebs, and let me know, was she justified for dragging me for this romantic trip? And also let me know, is it fair to create a romantic trip that's really just for you that you would have done solo? Because I-, I would go to Tulsa by myself. To see you too. I don't need British Bake Off there. So it's just really romantic for the both of us. Let me know.
2: Um, Thieves. Y'all's. Commercial time. Tony, we're having
1: so much fun. Come on, I've missed you. I just want to like, you know.
2: I'll rub your back.
1: See you, bitches, after that commercial. <laughs> Welcome back to So Many White Guys. Ooh, thanks for sitting with us through the very first commercial break of season 3, you guys. We popped that commercial break cherry, and now you know what? We can handle any commercial. Amazon Prime commercial, you know, Jimmy Dean commercials, you know, uh, Valtrax commercials, whatever you got, we can handle it. This is the very first episode. This is the first interview of the season, and I know I say this almost every time, but you guys, this is truly a special episode, okay? In the house today, I've got a true smarty pants. She also looks very good in pants and dresses in jumpsuits, Crocs. I'm sure I haven't seen it, but I don't think she would fuck that up. The point is, she looks good in everything. I'm not going to build this one up anymore because she needs no introduction. I'm talking about Zoe, Isabella, Kravitz. Boom, 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 Okay. You know what? It's ridiculous I even have to do this, but if you are not aware of the goddess that is Zoe Kravitz, I'm going to drop some information on you, okay? She's a musician, and her band, Lola Wolf, has toured all over with acts like Lily Allen and Miley Cyrus. She's an Emmy-winning actress. I mean, you might have heard this teeny tiny show she's done called big little lies on HBO that dominated pop culture last year, and they're coming back with a season two. She'll be playing the role of Letta Lestrange in this year's Fantastic Beast movie. She's a brand ambassador for Yves Saint Laurent. What does that even mean? So now I present to you, Zoe freaking Kravitz! (laughs) Okay, so... Zoe, before we get into it, this is a very important question. How do I look? Because you are a model. You are an actress. You are all these fabulous things, musician. And I... I had to prepare this morning. Like, I f- fully showered. I washed everything. I put this wig on. It looks good. I was admiring Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> I have these, like, cute-ass clogs I wore to give me— like, Wait, sh- let's see. To show off my gams. Yeah, it's like give me- that little bit of
0: skin. Yeah.
1: Showing off your
2: arch, girl. Yes, I
1: want to show off my ballerina arch for you. So did I do a good job, or are you kind of like, girl, try again?
0: No, you look great. <laughs> and last time I saw you, you had different hair. I did. And I, I yeah. think this really suits you. Yeah, I, w- I change my hair a lot. I do, too. Yeah. And everyone likes to remind me that yeah. whenever I have interviews by white people, they're like, <laughs> you change your hair so much. I'm like, have you met a black person? We fucking like, change our hair every day. <laughs> but you are, I think, you are constantly
1: on a list for, like, best dress and, like, people usually, like, use you as, like, inspo for, like, young, hip millennials. Do you see yourself like that? I mean,
0: fashion is fun. I, I've always thought it was fun. I've always thought it was kind of a um, a, a form of self expression, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's cool that it, it I, it's inspiring other people because I think that's what clothes should do. It's yeah. like, but now I see. I'm like, I feel old all the time. I see all these like young. Man, you're kid.
1: 29. You cannot. I I'm 33. I don't even feel old. You cannot feel old. You're like <sighs> dew, you have natural dew on your skin. <laughs> You didn't put anything on your face. That's natural. I have to like fucking use architecture to create the illusion of dew. I've lost the dew when I turned thirty. I dried up.
0: That's terrifying. I have one. I have one year of my dew left. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, but what was it like? Because Jess and I are like, our, you know, our first times on like giant billboards has been for Teed Up Queens, which I still can't wrap my head around like lol that's my face so what is it like when you're you see a giant billboard of your face and this is like a face of beauty that you know us plebeians should you know look up to that's gotta be wild (laughs) right it's crazy it's crazy
0: especially like the billboard on sunset or the one on lafayette which is you know i grew up in new york like i go to la all the time since i was a kid i used to like always go there and like try and get in without ID and shit, you know? So it's crazy to see yourself on um, a building that you used to hang out with as, like, a snotty 15-year-old drinking <laughs> 40s, you know?
1: You were drinking 40s at 15, Zozo. Oh, yeah, I know. Is that bad
0: to tell people? No,
1: that's, like... What was I drinking at 15? I think I was drinking, like,
0: Fanta. <laughs> that's appropriate. With cut with nothing. You're it like, was milk. Just... I was drinking milk. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. know, New York, New York kids. Yeah, we were we were drinking like, well, maybe sixteen, but <laughs> it's old, still the same. Old English was yeah. <laughs> my shit. Just disgusting malt liquor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I really admire about you is how outspoken you are. You just kind of like you don't care. You know what I mean? Like you're no, but truly, you're like I'm not gonna like pretend everything is perfect. And Hollywood is like amazing for people of color and women. Like you're not. <laughs> going to present that narrative you're going to talk about the realness like the stuff that you have to face that you know I didn't think you necessarily had to face I was like she's been famous forever she's stunning like she probably doesn't have the same sort of like struggles that maybe other women of color in this industry do but you do In an interview you did with Guardian um, you talked about how you were blocked from auditioning
0: for the Dark Knight Rises Mm -hmm. that's for real can Mm -hmm. you tell everyone what happened this was so it's so funny I like maybe just blocked it out because it bothered me so much. But Mm -hmm. I just remember getting a call about having an audition for that movie. And then all of a sudden they decided to not even let me audition because they decided to not go quote-unquote urban with the role. That is so nice, But, like, not even being allowed in the room, you know? It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And also deciding, ur- like, urban, what the fuck does that word mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, I've gotten a lot of resistance because of the color of my skin. I've been told you're not what they're looking for, they're looking for, and... All-American girl type. Right. I'm like, I was born in Venice Beach. What are you Yeah, that's very American. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, obviously racism is real everywhere, Mm -hmm. and um, specifically in an industry where they're able to not hire you because of the way you look. It's one of the only industries where they can flat out say that because it'd be illegal to, even though I'm sure it happens to tons of people trying to get a job in an office or something. Right but they can straight up just say no because you're not all American or enough. Yeah. yeah.
1: How do you combat that? Because, you know, I think when you're not even allowed in the room, like how does that affect you mentally and emotionally? How do you bounce back from that where you're like, I work really hard and then you're saying I can't even enter?
0: I mean, I think it made me work harder. I think it made me work harder. I think it made me more determined to try and get roles that felt, Authentic to me, not what people thought I should be doing because I'm black. Mm -hmm. And not that I don't want to tell all kinds of stories, but just not allowing myself to be stereotyped. Still auditioning for roles that were written for a white girl. I picked up really early on reading scripts that character descriptions. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. White people don't get them. Yes. (laughs) White people. Well, it's like Stacy, 22, perky. Yeah. That's it. But Mm -hmm. if it's John 25, Asian, or Indian, or black, but they're getting better at it, but it almost never even says Caucasian. We're supposed to assume that everybody is white. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's like, like, I recently had a meeting with a director, and he was putting together a cast, and the story was about, like, four different couples, Mm -hmm. and one of the couples was black, or one of the guys was black, and he said, well, you should play that guy's wife. Yeah. And I just out of curiosity, couldn't I play any of these guys' wives? Right. Did the black people have to always be married to each other? Yeah. And it just really I think it made everyone really uncomfortable and I did not get that job. <laughs> and they did cast a black woman to be the black man's wife. I'm like, cool. Never mind, I'll just go fuck myself. But um <laughs> it's just crazy how narrow minded people still yeah. are.
1: And not only does like tokenism exist in Hollywood where it's like we're kind of like put into these Sort of boxes. But I think also in real life, like, I know I've definitely had moments where it's like, oh, I'm the I'm the black friend. hmm Oh, my God. Cool. Yeah. And that's, like, frustrating where you're like, huh? What? It, I didn't even know. I didn't
0: even know I was yeah, a black friend.
1: that's the crazy part. You're like,
0: I didn't even know. And then you, like, show up to, like, some house party and you're like, there's no one I'm else. I'm the one. For- yeah. <laughs> I'm the one, aren't I? I'm the. Got it. Yeah, I've had that happen many, yeah. many, many times.
1: <laughs> you're like. Great. Okay. I'm going to just take this dip and then leave.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, the black person's gone. They can make black jokes now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know that shit happens. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let's dig into the big little lies of it all. I am obsessed with that show. It was the only show last year that I had to watch when it aired. Like, I will like race home and turn on HBO and I'm like, I cannot be a second late. What has it been like for you and the rest of the cast? Like, you've won awards, you've gotten, like, all this attention for it. It's, It does talk about, you know, physical violence towards mm-hmm. women. And so what is it like now to see that this show has kind of taken on its own life? And I think for a lot of people, it has been kind of like, oh, I I have experienced this and the show is, like, representing me. How does that feel for you?
0: It's amazing. I mean, I think, first and foremost, when you're making something about such a delicate subject you just hope that it feels authentic and Mm -hmm. honest and not like we're exploiting an issue to create entertainment so I think that was my biggest concern having such a wonderful reaction from men from women from people who have been abused have friends who have been abused it's been amazing I've heard stories about women who watched the show and were able to have breakthroughs Wow. From their own abusive relationships. and So that's incredible. And then people just liked the show so much. I mean, I don't think any of us saw that coming. I was just happy to be on the same set as all those actresses, yeah. you know? It was crazy. Like, every week a new episode would come and all of a sudden, like, someone would stop me on the street and, like, be like, Bonnie! And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then, you know, the last episode if you haven't watched it i'm it's like, like I don't, what
1: are you yeah doing? i just like if
0: you haven't seen it yet i can't help you
1: yeah it's like if you haven't <laughs> watched it yet you're gonna i don't trust you at the midterm elections you don't have your life together <laughs> it's you not know? a spoiler alert if you just come to the party late <laughs> yeah
0: but anyway just that yeah. week you know i just remember like going to the grocery store and everyone being like you did it you did it And i was like what did i do yeah you know? but it was just um Yeah, man, it's nuts. And we're doing it again, which is Yeah, season two, which is like... So Meryl Streep is cast in, which is... Let's just take a moment of silence.
1: Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What was that like... Everyone's like Meryl. It's Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern. Every white lady that Oprah is like, I love them. So it's just they've been, <laughs> right. they've, been they've been knighted. <laughs> yeah, it's such a phenomenal cast. And what I think is great is that a lot of times TV shows don't have predominantly female casts, mm-hmm. and so to be a part of a cast like that, that it became such a pop culture moment, and that you know, so many. I think a lot of times. Men, I'm calling you out, men. You can be a little lazy, or be like, "Well, I can't relate to this character because it's a woman."
0: Mm-hmm, in a way mm-hmm. that, like,
1: I could relate to, you know, Walter White on Breaking Bad, and mm-hmm. I'm like, not a, you know, w- bald
0: white meth head cancer
1: yeah, patient. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm like not that. And so, what I, I think is great that this is such a female-led mm-hmm. story, and it really has resonated with everyone. Why do you think that? people are able to look past their own maybe sort of biases or their own blindsidedness to sort of embrace this show the way they have.
0: I think it's less about people all of a sudden being willing to look a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. and more about being presented or women having the opportunity to play real people. Mm -hmm. You know, women are, um, you know, we're like someone's wife all the time or someone's, you know, friend and... Um, or the hot girl, or whatever you know, yeah. we get used as accessories to stories that are about men, and the fact that these roles were written so well and they had so many layers to them—they were such complex roles, you know. I think people were able to relate to it because they were presented with some real women.
1: Yeah. So you you you're modeling, you're acting. You you have two
0: movies coming out. I have a film called Gemini coming out this year mm-hmm. and I have a film called Kin coming out this year. And Fantastic Beast, right? And
1: Fantastic Beast. How does that feel to just be like
0: you're killing it right now? I'm still just looking ahead. I'm like yeah. I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to get better. I want to get better, you know? Yeah. So I'm certainly not like cool, I've accomplished it.
1: Yeah. So with Fantastic Beasts, people are so excited about that. Were you
0: a big sort of Harry Potter person before you got involved with Fantastic Beast? I wasn't. Yeah. I just never got into it. I actually think everyone was so obsessed with it in middle school mm-hmm. that I was rebelling. And I think I probably just like lost out on that because I was trying to be <laughs> different or something. Yeah. I read the first couple books and loved it. Yeah. I just, but I love, I've always loved magic. I mean, like the idea of witchcraft and wizardry mm-hmm. has always been something that I've thought is just. I mean, I fully thought I was a, a witch and still believe that I am a witch.
1: <laughs> what um, are your witchy powers? Um,
0: I mean, I feel like I can, like, manifest things. Like mm. what?
1: Like you could speak something to existence, be like... Yeah, which okay. I think it's, it's like yeah, a secret, yeah. right? The secret, it's, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I think that is magic, you know? Of
1: course it is. Um, yeah, I just didn't know if it was like you were putting spells
0: on people. No, I would never. Yeah. I would never. That's okay. like... I mean, there's... Actually, someone I'd put a spell on. <laughs> Uh-oh. Watch out. <laughs> watch out,
1: 45. Um, <laughs> We'll get back to Fantastic Beasts, but Donald Trump. 45. Let's not say his yeah, name. He's 40- a number,
0: and there was a number before him. There'll be a number after him. Yes. You are nothing but a number. Where do you feel
1: like we are right now because of him, and where do you
0: think we're going to go? I mean, its I have no idea. I have no idea yeah. either. He's done and said so many things that I would think would make him no longer. <laughs> yeah. And yet he is still.
1: Yeah. There's a heartlessness to it all that is shocking and also disturbing.
0: He just doesn't care. Well,
1: I, I-, I am hopeful that I just look at what's happening in Florida and seeing Amazing. those students— speak out so intelligently and eloquently. Like, I think that we're going to go in the right direction. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, they're challenging all the rules, the quote-unquote rules. You know, it's like the same thing as your vote doesn't matter. It's the same thing as, like, a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. And we're all like, okay. Yeah. You know, and black people should go over here and white people should go over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and... All of a sudden, someone says, wait, but does it have to be that way? Mm -hmm. And once you start asking those questions, you, A, make a lot of white people, rich, white, powerful people, very unhappy Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable. And um, you start having really interesting conversations and breakthrough in both art and life. Yeah. So I think, yeah, this is a great time where— Everyone is asking a lot of questions, and that is the beginning of it all. I think.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's good.
0: Okay, so you know, Zoe, so you're 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 pretty famous. You know what's really crazy, and I always kind of feel like famous such an uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. It's an un- it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. But why is it uncomfortable for you? Just it's because just your... you're supposed to? It's like not humble or something to acknowledge it or or something. Right, I don't know. Right, I'm not right. sure. But it's funny because it's, I know how I perceive other people like, oh, this person's really famous. Yeah. But when it's about yourself, you have no idea. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't
1: know. It does. But I I, I think we can all admit there's a huge, like, family legacy with the three of you, you, Lenny, and Lisa. And, you know, you talked in a a podcast with SZA about um, sort of, like, the weight of the family legacy on your shoulders, mm-hmm. and so when you decided to get into a career where you're, you know, you're singing and you're acting and you're modeling, how were you able to get to a place where you could like overcome the pressure that was on your shoulders, and you were able to feel like I'm my own entity and like I'm not being just judged. The daughter of- yeah, I'm not being judged by my parents.
0: I think it just took time. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think anyone. Even if you're not coming from the exact same situation as me, it takes time to to grow into yourself and to find out who you are regardless of where you come from. So I think anyone can relate to that, you know? And I definitely second-guessed myself, and I definitely felt pressure or judgment or, like, people thought I didn't deserve what I was getting because I'm the daughter of someone famous and it was just handed to me. And in some ways it, it was, you know, and I got into the door a lot easier than some girl living in middle America who dreams of being an actress that doesn't know how to go about doing that. I know that I was incredibly privileged. Yeah. But at the same time, I worked really hard and I don't think directors need to hire the daughter of... Lenny Kravitz to make their movie any better. You know, you look at someone like George Miller who had Charlize Theron and is a genius and made Mad Max. He wasn't like, ooh, you know what's going to make this movie better? Lenny Kravitz's daughter. (laughs) And you have to look at things like that and say, people who I respect want to work with me and I'm getting these jobs. And the more I work, the more confident, not confident because I still second guess myself, but at least I believe that you know, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm mm-hmm. working hard. I haven't given up. I'm a hard worker.
1: Hell yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah, I am. I'm a
0: hard worker. Yeah.
1: What was it like growing up with your parents? You told me that, like, you lived in New York mm-hmm. and you're drinking Old English. But, like, what kind
0: of what was <laughs> that like— wasn't your, That wasn't them. Yeah, was my, yeah <laughs> that, that was you. They were, good, they were really good parents. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up—I was born in Venice Beach, and then mm-hmm. I lived in—my um, parents got divorced when I was two. And I lived with my mom till I was 11 in Topanka Canyon, and then I live. I moved in with my dad um, when I was 11, and he was living in Miami at the time, which is weird. Miami's weird. Look, Miami's beautiful. Just so it was hard. It's a hard place for like a um, mixed brown girl coming of age. To mm. um, I didn't fit in there. Yeah.
1: Was it like a lot of just like what is, a lot of white? A lot of
0: yeah. I mean, there's just a huge mixture of people yeah. there. There's Cuban people and Brazilian yeah. people and black people, but. But I, w- I went to a private school, you know. He wanted to send me to the the best quote unquote best school, mm. and I was one of what th- three black kids going to same yeah. So, yeah. Um, and all the girls, you know, you know, they all they have their nice hair and they're like Louis Vuitton purses and like I don't know. I just didn't fit in. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to New York when I was fifteen. I went to an art school and just fell in love with Wait, the you city. Wait, you moved here by yourself at fifteen? Well, no. I technically moved here with my dad. I was like, yeah. I have to get out of Miami, I can't live here anymore. Yeah. But then he went on tour and I actually ended up living with cousins until I was seventeen and yeah. then I I moved out when I was seventeen.
1: Yeah. What was it like for you growing up? Like did you I'm sure you must have had pressure from like everywhere being like, Well, what are you? You mm-hmm. had to define yourself mm-hmm. to me before you can even like finish defining yourself to your own self so like what was your process like
0: it's um it's been interesting mm-hmm. you know i think you know both my parents are half black and half white mm-hmm. so i you know i have black family i have white family i identify and love both of them or yeah. both sides of them and um it's interesting because you know someone t- looks at your skin and just says okay you're black and Especially when I was younger, when I was, you know, like I said, living in Miami and going to that school and being one of the only black people, I wasn't like, hell yeah, I'm black. You know, I yeah. was like, oh, well, I'm also white. Yeah. <laughs> I'm white too, guys, you yeah. know. And um, and I had to grow into my blackness. I had mm. to experience um life a little bit more and learn about Black culture and Black people and, you know, really see um, what it is to be a Black woman in America. And I'm so proud to be Black, but it's not just because that's what everyone feels comfortable calling me because of the color of my skin. It's because I've had experience living in this country as a Black woman, and I love Black people. Yeah. (laughs) I love where I come from. And I'm incredibly proud. Um, but it was a journey getting there because, um, you know, when someone tries to tell you what you are instead of you getting there yourself, it's complicated.
1: Yeah. And so what kind of advice could you give to, like, I don't know, my niece or, like, people who are listening um, who are still, like, trying to figure themselves out and figure out how to relate to, you know— all the different sides of their, you know, race and their, per- like, what? How do you? How do you get there? I know it's a different journey for everybody. but... Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: it's funny because I've gone through so many. Fa- like for a long, longest time, I wanted to be like, you know, colorblind. You know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter. It's all we're all this. We're all this Sam, and it doesn't <laughs> even matter. And like, like fighting that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And now I'm like, it does matter, and it doesn't mean. That there has to be separation or, um, you know, one has to be considered better than the other. It's just, like, it's okay to acknowledge that that there are differences here. And we are different in some ways. So it's so tricky because I feel like people try and do one or the other. It's either, like, you don't see color, which is, like, see color. Yeah. (laughs) Color's beautiful. All the colors are beautiful. I think you just have to, I don't know live your life and see what you connect to. I mean, it's really that simple. Right. Yeah. Okay,
1: so you, you didn't, like, necessarily fit in in high school, but what was it like? Um, like, did you go with your dad on the road? I or did, like,
0: yeah. I went on tour with my dad for maybe, what was it, maybe, like, a year or something when I was in, like, seventh grade or something like that. Yeah. He went on a tour. It was bizarre. I spent a lot of time on tour buses. Um and he just didn't want to be away from me for so long. Yeah, It was cool. I would be studying history, like world history, and I would be looking at something in a book, and then I would be able to go to the... Sistine Chapel or wherever it was. So that is bananas. That,
1: I wish that was, I was my life. I was studying at
0: the same time.
1: I was <laughs> doing dial up on AOL and you're like, "Quick pit stop to the Sistine Chapel." <laughs> what well, we,
0: what was cool was that my my um my tutor would kind of like she'd plan the curriculum around where we were traveling too. Oh, cool. So it was I mean that was an amazing experience. But yeah. then also eventually you really need to be, you know, social and around other kids. Yeah. Did you get along with other kids like when you were in school or was it kind of like mm, I got along with other kids. It was yeah. always, like, I have very specific memories of whenever I would go to a new school, the whole school would ha- have been talking. Like, m- my dad probably would have gone to visit the school before oh. to see the school. And then, you know, everyone knows how traumatizing the first day of school is yeah. anyway. And I usually, because I was moving around a lot, I was, like, almost never just coming on the first day of school. I was yeah. always coming, like, in the middle of the year Yeah. to different schools and I, it was always an event, you know. It was yeah. always, like, everyone was whispering and saying, oh, my God, Linda Krause's daughter is coming to the school. And then he would come pick me up in, like, a netted shirt in a, in a sports <laughs> car, you know. I didn't even think
1: about that. It's like, Lenny, come on. Just pick me up in, like, a T-shirt from Sam's Club. He couldn't. Come he on. He just
2: couldn't, you know. He, like, couldn't.
0: Like, I love you, Zoe, but you know I I can't put on a, a full shirt <laughs> I don't love you that much no he does he, loves me. he was just he was just doing his thing but yeah. But um, when you were on the
1: road with your dad for that year did that kind of like inspire you to get into music
0: uh, I mean I always loved music I always loved singing I, I, I love I did a lot of musical theater you did yeah
1: <laughs> what, what what place
0: I I did Greece in high school nice. I played Rizzo <gasps> And oh, um, Rizzo. Rizzo's the best. Yeah. I got cast as well. I didn't get cast, but she, the drama teacher wanted me to play Sandy, and I was like, I'm playing Rizzo. Yeah,
1: Sandy's boring as fuck. Y'all. Yeah. She
0: doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Rizzo, and then she like
1: changes at the end. I'm like, you don't need to put on leather pants to give a fucking damn. No, Rizzo Zico. gets pregnant,
0: and it's like, that was so, that movie is like so intense. It is an intense movie. They're That's also like, all like 35.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Rizzo was a hard 38, blame <laughs> <He> was like <laughs> like a truck driver, you know? I was like, I can't wait till I'm 16 and look like that? You know? Um, yeah. And I, I was obsessed with, I had this VHS tape that my grandma taped of a production of Into the Woods with Bernadette Peters, Ooh. which was like my favorite thing. Anyway, I loved music always. And when I was, um, I don't know, in my earlier 20s, and I wasn't really getting much work, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Mm-hmm. That's when I started making music with Jimmy and doing Lola Wolf, and it was mostly to try and keep myself creative yeah. and not be waiting for some white man in a suit to tell me, you're allowed to be creative now. Go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, not too much job. Yeah. you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, it's great to be able to, to make art um, even when... You're not being paid to do it or, you know, yeah. being told it's a, it's allowed now.
1: Yeah. But you've gone on the road, so you've
0: opened for Miley Cyrus yeah. and uh, Lily Allen. And yeah. what's that been like? Um, it's an interesting experience, mm-hmm. especially. It's not like we're going on the road with, like, a huge crew and, like, things are set up. We're, like, in a van following around someone else going yeah. to play for people who did not come to see <laughs> us. So it was challenging, you know, having to get on a stage when you don't feel like it, yeah. when you're nervous in front of people who aren't necessarily interested, when you've been driving for six hours and slept in a motel, and then I yeah. wouldn't ever um, do
1: it again. Oh, so you're you think you're done with touring already?
0: I mean, I think I'll play shows. We're gonna put out a record soon, and um, yeah, we're, we're it's like finishing touches on the record, which we've been working on forever. That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. That's amazing. Um, and we will definitely play some shows. I don't. I just don't think we'll do a like a, a whole tour. Yeah,
1: yeah, I get that. Okay. So you, we talk. You're twenty now. Your birthday's in December
0: mm-hmm, first.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Honestly,
0: like, thirties are the shit. Thank you. I'm yeah. excited too, man. Thirties. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, and keep being my hair inspiration. I got I got remember when we had like the really long braids with a braided bang, like the black super long braids. Yes, yes. I, I, I copy that. You did it? <laughs> I did. Yes. So in your thirties, keep having hairstyles that I can
0: copy. I keep please. on changing my hair. I, well I think I'm Thank gonna you. do the braids again <laughs> yes. um for the show. Yes. So um Happy to change it up again. Okay, cute. Well, yeah. let's go get our hair done together. <laughs> yeah, I like that we ended on hair, right? So like, and hair. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming in. Yeah. Zoe. Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you for having this podcast. I think it's super important.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thanks, girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Joni, that was the best interview. I feel like I'm leading the charge. I'm a part of the resistance. I'm gonna get out there and like. Just work harder and make things better.
2: I love that, which reminds me of something that I heard you and Alana talking about very recently.
1: Y'all, last season, Alana and I had a segment that we like to call Across the Aisle. And, you know, just to refresh your memory, it's just like everything was kind of crazy after the election, So we just want to talk about things that were universal to everyone that would not cause any sort of arguments. But this season, Alana and I decided to do something different. She had an amazing idea and I was immediately on board. So let me tell you about it. Each week, Alana and I want to leave you with like a little nugget of joy. okay? a little something, something to help you get through your week. Something to help you feel strong and move a little easier through the garbage pile that this world has become. I mean, I think everyone's a little on edge. So this season, we're bringing you something we like to call small acts of resistance. Resist the system. Resist the man. Resist the dominant discourse imposed upon us by the establishment. So this week, we are discussing not moving on the damn sidewalk for a freaking man. This is a personal crusade of mine. If this was 2020, it wouldn't be my platform. But in a debate, I'd be like, you can go to my website and see, like, the other issues I want to tackle. (laughs) So, (laughs) but yeah, this has been a personal crusade of mine because Alana and I, we live in the streets. And, you know, New York is so crowded. And we have noticed from our decades of living here that when women walk down the street, men assume that women are going to get out of the fucking way so they can have their balls swinging up and down the sidewalk. <laughs> and I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not moving. I'm getting some fucking like foot, like children's football shoulder pads, you yeah. know, to, <laughs> to walk down the streets of fucking New York City. Yeah. Get out of my fucking way. I'm like, I'm going to get my shoulder ready for your lowest rib because I'm not fucking moving, bitch. It's also like this is a community. We all have to share the sidewalk space. We all have to get to work. We all have to go to, you know, Helen Hardy and get a half a soup and half a sandwich. That's right. You know what I mean? Like we all have things to do and men fucking move the fuck over. So you know what? This week, let everyone on the sidewalk know we are not invisible. Don't move. It's going to feel good. All right. So we're doing it. White guys team includes me, Phoebe Robinson, Rachel Neal, Joanna Salataroff, Jim Point, Paula Schumann. Just
2: a bunch of crappy women.
1: Oh my god, you also talked about yourself in that. Moving on, Jeremy Bloom, Isaac Jones, Matt Boynton, and Joe Port. Our theme song was written by a white dude and sung by a bunch of other white dudes. Check out photos of me and the oh-so-delightful Zoe Kravitz from our interview on the WNYC Studios Facebook page. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DopeQueenThemes. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. You ready, Freddie? I was born ready oh y'all y'all you guys omg welcome to so many white guys from wnyc studios i'm your host i just heard so i got some getting... text <laughs> i'm feeling at
2: my job already